Welcome back to the Self-Made Babe podcast. If you're new here, hi, I'm Marianne Altuve. Today's podcast episode is going to be an extremely fun one because I am bringing on my one of my favorite people in the world, Copy with Kaylee. So she's going to be... And we're going to learn, well, we're all going to learn, and you're going to learn how to increase conversions with copywriting. So hi, hi. Hello. Hello, Kaylee. What's up? Not much. Just vibing. How are you? I'm good. So I'm really excited for today's Instagram live slash podcast episode because you are the goat. You are the go-to for copywriting. (laughs) And I just wanted to like hype you up for a little bit because for those of you who don't know, Kaylee is a copywriter and she helps increase conversions for online businesses and businesses in general. So she is a writing queen and she understands customer psychology and interweaves it with her writing so that you can get more sales. And um, her copywriting audit was one of the best things that ever happened to me. So um, if you are wondering like how to convert your audience and you're like, I'm trying to market my brand or the words aren't really getting to them. Kaylee, copy with Kaylee is your girl. So feel free to introduce yourself because you're the star of the show. Yay. Well, I feel like you did a really great job. Thank Uh, you. um, So just like some slight background on how I got here, because I do think it's important to like establish credibility. Um, I went to school for journalism and then I worked in magazine for a while with Meredith Corporation. They do like Shape Magazine, Better Homes and Gardens, all that jazz. I loved it. The magazine life just wasn't the life for me, mostly because unlike in the movies, you make zero dollars when you work (laughs) in magazines. So it was like really eye-opening to me to see like oh you can be the top of cosmopolitan and like it's it's a lot of work with like not a lot of benefit um so from there I actually spent two years as a thought capital writer with a finance company uh, a fortune 500 investment company what thought capital means is essentially taking like these large ideas and making them super digestible to whoever needs to use them in like their life for instance i would sit with our global economist but when he's like talking about what's going on in like china that doesn't necessarily like convert to what you as a stakeholder or somebody who wants to buy stocks should do so then it's up to me to write it in a way that uh you can be like oh okay that makes sense so that experience in corporate really really helped me get a lot better at like articulating things in a way that makes sense to the people who it needs to make sense for, which all comes back to helping um, understand buyer psychology and writing things in a way that, like you said, increase conversions. That is where I am today. I have um, been doing my own thing for about two years now, mostly in the online space. I do have a few brick and mortar companies that I still like love and adore working with them because it's just a totally different experience, but mostly work with women entrepreneurs in the online space. So as you can see, she is a incredible human being, an incredible self-made babe. So Kaylee, using your expertise, what are your top tips on how to increase conversions with copywriting? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't start by saying you should 
probably hire a professional when you are doing any type of copy that's going to have like a big impact on conversions. So I'm not a like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you anytime you're going to do any type of messaging, you need to have a professional do it. I don't believe that. But if you're making a sales page, like maybe you offer one to three offers or products or whatever, and you need sales pages for each, like that is a time to hire a professional, especially if that's like where you're going to make most of your money. It's just not worth it to DIY it because like you could make back like your ROI on a copywriter is going to be worth it in the end. So yeah, upfront, it might feel like, Oh my God, I'm spending, you know, whatever you're going to spend. That feels like a lot. But if you write it yourself and miss out on two, three, four, five, six, 10, 20 sales, like it would have just been worth it to invest in a copywriter in the beginning. So that would be step number one. Um, step number two, not step, but tip number two would be just don't overthink it. I see like a ton of overthinking when, um, talking to people about their sales writing. And I think what happens is we try to do too many steps before getting to the actual writing portion. I do believe in like customer research, competitor research, things like that. But I see people like panicking when they then go to like apply that to their actual writing because they're like trying to look, do you remember taking like the ACTs or the SATs and the, yeah. the science portion when there was like, seven graphs and they were like look at all of these and apply it to this question and you were like what in the heck like how am I supposed to apply all those I see right. people doing that with their writing because they've they've gotten all this advice right from Instagram or from coaches or from people and they're like oh my god I need to apply all of this and it's really better to just keep it simple you understand your product your services you hopefully understand your consumers through some like testing and things you've done in the past you hopefully know like what they want to hear what they care about um, and if you pair that with a professional copywriter like you're going to be fine so don't overthink it um what are some other basic tips oh always think about the journey that your consumer is going through. So a lot of times people's writing isn't the problem. The flow of a sales page is the problem or how they have it mapped out. Like when you're not chunking your content in an effective way, like utilizing lists, utilizing different types of media, utilizing subheads and headers, people get really overwhelmed. They open their computer or they look on their phone and it just looks like this chunk of text. They A don't big wanna... ass white, uh, white word doc. Yeah, right. That's not <laughs> going to convert anyone. They're just going to be like, oh my God, I don't even want to read this. But if you throw in some like fun subheads, banners, images, video, lists, things like that, it feels a lot more digestible. It also makes the scannability, which is not a real word, but it is now. Um, it also increases that. So like you can always just be thinking about that journey. And what I like to say is you want to create content that is going to be effective for the least, uh, for the person who has the least amount of time, right? So like, let's pretend somebody has two minutes, they're standing in line at Starbucks. You want to create a sales page that's going to be effective for them. So when they open it up on their phone, they can see a subhead and know that like, ooh, this subhead is obviously about to tell me what's included in this offer. That's what I want to read. Or, ooh, this subhead's making it clear that I'm going to learn about payment options. Or, ooh, this is obviously like the, the big promise, things like that. You want to make it super easy for them to see that. And then when I talk about the customer journey, what I'm meaning is a lot of people are niching down in things that are like 
unheard of before, right? Like there's all these new niches coming out, which means that there's a lot of education that needs to take place before you can sell someone on your offer. Because if it's not a typical offer, if you're not a web designer, you're not a copywriter, you're not a fitness coach. Those are things that we're all like, we pretty much know what that's gonna entail, right? You're gonna design right. my website, you're gonna write my copy, you're gonna help me get fit. But if you're one of these new, like really parred down things, you need to educate prior to selling. And so I always tell people like, think about what the person needs right now before they're interested in the next step. And you see that mostly in sales page and email. I just like word vomited at you. No, but. no, that's good. Because I think a lot of people don't really understand the mistakes that they're making. So I'm glad that you talked about it and brushed over it. Now, I know that you have a copywriting that converts ebook. And for those of you that don't haven't heard of Kaylee or don't know that she has a copywriting that converts ebook. Tell us more about it and why it's such a great product. So it's not necessarily an ebook. It's a customizable um, PDF guide yes. for people who are creating a sales page. So basically, if you're selling anything in the online space, you're most likely going to have a sales page. If it's a course, if it's a product, if it's a container, a mastermind, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> you're probably gonna have a sales page. And so my PDF guide essentially is 90% done for you. So through my years of experience writing sales pages, I've learned what works for basically any consumer. And then I leave um, fill in the blanks, very similar to Mad Libs for you to fill in with on brand verbs, phrases, your products, names, things like that. And we cover the four most important parts of a sales page. So once you fill it out, fill in your blanks, you'll have a high converting tagline. You'll have a seamless intro statement. You'll have your yes questions, which are really great for people to self-identify immediately with the need for your offer or your product. And you'll have your imagine if statements, which basically help them visualize how much better their life, business, relationship, et cetera, et cetera, is going to be once they work with you once they buy from you. And then I offer um, bonus CTAs in there because I think people freeze up when it comes time to write CTAs. They feel like, oh, I can't make them fun or I can't make them on brand or I don't fully understand what my button should say. And so I offer 10 more on brand CTAs in there for you too. The reason I love this guide is because you can write your sales page and then you can take these like nuggets, these statements, these sentences, these paragraphs and put them on a launch graphic and put that on your story. You can put them in an email and then use that in your launch sequence. Like you can repurpose copy which does two things. Number one, it saves you a boatload of time and energy. And number two, it keeps like your messaging consistent across platforms. So you shouldn't rewrite everything like from Instagram to Facebook to email to your sales page to your website, because that's not actually like that's not you being creative, that's you confusing your consumer. So it is 100% okay to repurpose your words on different platforms. So I love that you mentioned that you include seven yes questions. So for those of you that don't know, there's kind of a golden rule when it comes to copywriting and to increase your conversions is to get people to answer yes to at least seven questions. So can you go over that for everyone listening? Yeah. So the idea is if you can get people to say yes to small questions, eventually like getting bigger and bigger, they'll say they'll be more likely to say yes to the big 
question, right? Which is like, do you want to purchase this? You see, um, I think the best example of this is car salesmen. So, and when I say like answering yes to a question, it can be as simple as literally what they teach you in sales classes is, okay, so your customers just came into your dealership. They sit down, you ask them, would you like a bottle of water? Most likely, even if people aren't thirsty, they're going to say yes. Okay, that's one yes. And then when you're out looking at cars, you can say, oh, you love the, co you said you love the color blue, right? And you're showing them a blue car and they're going to be like, yes. What you're doing is in their brain. Their brain is just now to a point where they assume that the answer is always going to be yes. When this person asks them something, presents them with an option. Um, yeah, the yes ladder. Uh, and how we see this work out in copy is a little bit different. You're obviously not asking them simplistic questions like, are you thirsty? Do you want water? But you're asking them questions that they can identify with. Like, yes, I feel that way. Yes, that's so frustrating to me. Yes, I would love to wake up and have XYZ instead of ABC. And they all of a sudden now are like, Oh, my God, I agree with everything this girl is saying, which most likely means I will agree with her product and offering. And then if you follow up yes questions with imagine if statements, not only have you primed them to agree with you, but you've now presented how their life could be so much better after working with you. And they're all in like, there's not much left to do after that besides give them the offer. I love that. So a lot of people don't really know the power of copywriting. So a lot of people tend to either focus on like the brand messaging or the brand visuals, but the brand messaging they don't really fully understand like the actual customer psychology. They're just like using like lingo that's on brand for them. So what are your best ways to find the lingo for your audience and speak their love language? Well, I think let's backtrack a little bit. To yeah. What you said where some people don't fully understand like the power of copywriting. What I like to tell people is there's a difference between being a really good writer and being good at copywriting. So I work with clients all the time who are fantastic writers. They're great. You read their social media captions. You're like, Oh my God, that's great. You read their blogs and you're like, wow, that's great. Copywriting is specifically writing. Like you said, utilizing psychological sales tactics, other tactics, whatever you want to call them to convert people via your writing. And so it's just, it's applied writing in a different way, if that makes sense. So I feel some people think like, oh, I'm not comfortable with design or I'm not comfortable with website platforms. I'm gonna hire a graphic designer. I'm gonna hire a website designer. But I love writing. I have a blog. I write my social media captions. I shouldn't have to hire a copywriter. And that is where I think people go wrong because they're two completely different skills. You can be right. an incredible writer and not understand copywriting. Um, so I always tell people, if you are putting something out there, putting your energy, your time, your love into something, and you're hoping that this makes you money, don't sleep on copywriting because copywriters can make you like a lot of money. Yep. Writing, writing. Goal, getting someone to take action and yeah. the action that we're talking about today is, um, is purchasing, yeah. purchasing, buying, joining, um, whatever you're converting. I love that. So let's talk about your own services because you do actual copywriting for yeah. homepages, sales pages, email marketing, and obviously you have like an audit. So I want to ask you like, what's your favorite service? to offer or what I don't know so okay 
I have two answers there. Number, like my favorite, that's tough. I love conducting audits because it's very collaborative. It's a lot less me telling you like, you need to do this and more being like, ooh, we could do this. We could infuse brand voice here. I definitely don't think we need this sentence. Let's rewrite this header. Like it feels a lot more like teamwork. And I think it empowers people to then apply what I've like essentially taught them through the audit the next time they go to write. I always tell people audits are for you if your sales page or your website, you like the copy on it about 80%, but you know it's not converting at the rate you want it to convert at. And like when you read it, you're like, mm, it's almost there but like it's not quite there um an audit isn't gonna like change your life if you're like yo this sales page is trash it's not good like you should just pay for someone to totally rewrite that right so I love doing audits it's very collaborative I always end up like just talking to those people for like ever afterward because we get on a call and we walk through your copy um not everyone gets on a call. Sometimes people are like, I totally understand everything you commented on this. I'm going to change it. And then I'm Gucci. But some people are like, Ooh, can we get on a call? Cause like they want to learn. Why did you say this? And why, why would you have changed this header to this? So I love audits for that reason, but then any type of launch copy, I really enjoy because when people are launching, I enjoy it for multiple reasons. But I think the two biggest reasons is people are wildly passionate when they're launching something. They are hyped. They are pumped. They are expecting like great things from this launch. They've put all this energy into it and to be able to come in and make that happen for them to like, create copy that when they read, they're like, Oh my God, this is going to convert my people. You wrote everything I would have said if I knew how to write like you, this is amazing. I love that feeling. But it's also as somebody who's launched something herself, it is like the largest chunk of energy taken off their plate. Copy is like the biggest thing when it comes to successful launch, because you have so many areas you need copy for, right? So you need your entire email funnel which is often fun knolls, depending on where people are coming into it, how many free resources you've done, how many subscribers you already have, how many platforms you're on, all of right. those things. You have your actual sales page, you have thank you pages, you have confirmation pages, you have product descriptions, you have like, you have launch graphics, you have all of these things that like, it's just a lot of fun to write. So but it's a lot of fun for me to write, but when you're the one launching, it's overwhelming because you just got done creating your offer and you talk about your offer on Instagram and you talk about it in your social media captions and you've done all of these things. And the last thing you want to do is like write a 22 email, email sequence, and then also a long scroll sales page and also all these other things. So I would definitely say audits and any type of launch copy. I love that because websites are fun too. Yeah, definitely. You have truly mastered copywriting and I don't have to tell you this, but like whenever I read your work, I'm like, damn, I want to join that coaching program or like, damn, she did a really fucking good job. And so when I, when you were offering your copywriting audits, I'm like, take my money, please. I need you to make this more like on brand for me and like incorporate more like mean girls quotes. Like we, we worked on it. So I don't have to like remind you. But for those of you who don't know, I I got Kaylee to do like the back end copy audit. And it was so game changing and just like truly, truly elevated my sales page copy. But one person asked, what should you expect to pay for copywriting? So I always tell people like, 
if expect to pay for a writer what you're paying a designer to do in tandem. So if you're paying a website designer five to six K to design your website, you should expect to pay around that for a copywriter to come in and put the words on your website. Um, there's a designer I work with very closely. We do almost every single project together. The Mod Collective, Kira is the founder. She is fan freaking tastic but it's so funny because we talk about this all the time um often it's it's very similar in the amount of energy and work a designer and a copywriter put in and you're doing things in tandem so like as I am writing the copy I'm having to go to her and be like "Ooh, I'm thinking we should do a banner for this and like if we do do a banner what capacity like what abilities do we have like, what can we make it look like? And then depending on what she says, then I have to change it. Like, maybe we only have room for three bullet points and I wrote five. Well, now we have to part down. So things like that, I, <clears throat> a good rule of thumb is whatever you are expecting to pay a designer to design what the copywriter will be creating copy for. I love that. It's a really good rule of thumb to go by because I feel like prices can really range for both. So having like kind of an equal budget for both really yep. helps wind it down. So another question that I have for you is we already talked about like the mistakes that you see people make, but uh -huh. what are some wins that people do that you see that are like, this is what really, really changes the moves the needle for their business other than hiring you? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I guess avoiding being too wordy. So when I see somebody who just like has like a powerful eight word sentence and it like sometimes that is enough to convert me. If they say something that gets my wheels turning, like makes my brain be like, oh, damn, they're right. That's like way more likely that I'm going to convert on that. Um, so wordiness, I think avoiding wordiness is the number one thing. I think we've all read sales pages and emails where we're like, OK, like, let's just get to the point here. Um what else really moves the needle? Owning their voice, I think, is the biggest thing. So uh, when I was working with Nina, shout out Nina, she is amazing, um, on one of her sales page audits, something I was continuously commenting was like, Nina, you have such a great freaking personality. Like, let's put more of the personality in this sales page. And I think people like I said in the beginning, overthink and they get nervous. But when you put your personality in it, when kind of like you with your mean girl quotes and your sass, like that's why people are attracted to you in the first place. And so if they go to read your sales copy and that piece is missing, now there's like some consumer confusion. They're not sure what they're going to get. Um, so I think that the biggest piece of advice I can give is just like be you in your sales copy. Just because it is now sales copy doesn't mean your personality has to go out the window. I love that answer. So someone asked, what if you're doing your own design work? So is this about the pricing? I guess so. It really depends on, I guess, like what service you're doing. So for instance, like if you're doing, and also the experience of the copywriter, if you're having like your entire website, maybe four full pages written, I would expect to spend between three and six K. Like, I think that's like a really fair range that gives you like the bottom and the top. If you're getting a sales page done, I would expect to pay between two and four. Um, if you are getting an email sequence done, very similar to that, uh, depending on the number of emails included in that sequence. 
Um, and an audit, I don't know how many people actually offer audits like I do. I, I kind of just figured out that that was like almost like a, a gateway drug, but for people to get into like to understand copywriting really is why I did it. And also it's a ton of fun. Um, and those, depending on if they're full price or on sale for me, range between 500 and 750, depending on the length of copy. I love that. Okay. So we have another question and the marketing prophet asked, I read that you should use your audience's lingo in your services copy. Where do you recommend the best places to find how your audience speaks? Couldn't finish the question. I don't, when we're talking lingo, do we mean just like one-off words and phrases that people are saying or, because I think this can be a lot of things. So like something I run into is as somebody who's like worked in the marketing and copywriting world for five plus years, uh, I say things like, email funnel, email campaign, email sequence, and somebody who comes from a totally different background reads that and is like, what the F does that mean? I have no clue what's going on here. What's an email funnel? What's an email sequence? So I don't know if we're talking about like, then I need to, someone like me needs to transition that into like just saying email marketing or writing your emails or what exactly she's meaning. But I do, so a clarification, a little clarification on that would be perfect. Oh, phrases. Um, you can find those phrases like in how they talk to you, I think is the best way to use those. So like True. when people are responding to your stories, when people are engaging with your content, like what are they saying? What are some phrases they're using? But more than that, my biggest piece of advice would be coin your own signature phrases and utilize that in your sales copy because the phrases are more about you, but the content is more about them, right? So like, don't, what I mean by that is sometimes I read people's sales copy and they think by basically hyping themselves, it's going to like make somebody want to work with them. That doesn't work. Nobody wants to buy from somebody who thinks they're hot shit, right? That's not attractive. So what I'm meaning is like coin your own phrases. Like maybe you say, like you say self-made babe and you say things like that. So like, those are your coined phrases. I'm sure like your audience wasn't just like continuously saying that stuff. You mm -hmm. say that, and then you make your content about how your audience can grow and how you can empower your audience. So the phrases are about you, but the content is about them. It's a great answer. And I guess to wrap things up, a question that I always ask interviewees, self-made babes that come on the podcast is what is something that you haven't been, that you are proud of, but you haven't given the excuse to talk about? Ooh. So what am I most like treasured projects of 2020 I got to work on um, a campaign that was all about influencers so it was called influencers impacting injustice uh, the virtual riot against racism and I got to work with some people who are like mind-blowingly smart there were people on our team that it was like how in the heck did I get here so Allison Bird Mel Robbins, Tina Knowles, Beyonce's mom, Selena Gomez, like people that I just like believe wholeheartedly in their missions. And they just like brought such a depth of knowledge to um, the table. And then we were able to raise so much money for mostly single black moms in America. So uh, for two reasons, number one, 
research shows that they were the most impacted by COVID and then number two, the most impacted by like racial injustice. So to, to be able to write content that was converting people not to buy something, but to donate to a cause that like is really important to me, uh, that was a super exciting and like really fulfilling project that, that I don't, don't talk about. That is so exciting. I'm so proud of you for yeah. being a part of that project. Cause that is big gun those people are big guns in the in their industry but with that being said I since I don't see any more questions tuning in thank you Kaylee for your time thank you for hopping on the self-made babe podcast where can people find you website instagram clubhouse wherever so instagram copy by Kaylee um and my website copy with Kaylee bye oh it's bye bye Oh yeah. my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Copy by Kaylee. Kaylee is spelled funky, K-A-I-L-I. And my company's name is Captivate Content Services with a K. So you can find uh, me online at CaptivateContentServices.com. And those are pretty much the two main platforms. I do have a clubhouse. I'm not like an active participant. Uh, I've, I've shown up. I've been there with you. Uh, it's just, honestly, this year, I have a lot of obligations that to me are priority. So I do think like dipping my toes in clubhouse might be a thing. But mostly Instagram and my website is where you can can come hang out. Well, thank you, Kaylee, for your time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and for those listening to the podcast episode. I hope you're back for the next one. Yay! Bye. Bye.